Puppies being puppies. We love our pups. Can we start it off on that? Yeah, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh, we're recording. Yep. God damn it, Jenny. <laughs> Secret. Hi, I'm Jay Zagreen, and I'm a comedian. I'm Kat Eves, and I'm a stylist. And this is Gaudy Positive. I decided that you were doing it on your own. Why? Because you recorded it without me. Yeah, but you. I knew you wanted me to put that puppy thing in there, so I put the puppy thing in there. So I think I just have to cough is what I Oh, on. okay. <laughs> there it is. Hold for cough. <clears throat> God, now how was your New Year's? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we pretending? I know. This is going to come out after New Year's, everybody, because we got lives to leave. Yeah. Um, oh, it was, it was my birthday. Oh. <laughs> On January 8th. Did you know that? Yes. It was also the birthday Probably. of Elvis and David Bowie. You have the same birthday as Elvis and David Bowie? Yeah. Wow. I have the same birthday as John Lennon and Sean Lennon. So, like, we just have lots of rock stars. Yeah. You know, mm. the Sean Lennon, John Lennon thing, that one is kind of cool. That is cool. They're, they're a father and a son. Yeah. They're father and son. Um, but also, John and Twistle from The Who, same birthday, and PJ Harvey. I do like PJ Harvey. Yeah. So. Here, why don't you talk for a second while I feed? Lupe's decided. Producer Lupe. And she's like, oh, are you guys recording? Let me just push a bowl around. All right, everybody, this is Gotti Positive, and uh, today... What are we talking about today, Kat? What are we talking about today? Well, so last week, we were going to talk about um, some fun things in history and fashion, and then we just ended up you know, spending the entire time talking about fat phobia. Yes, that's true. It's a lot to talk about, you know? It's a deep it's issue. A bi- it's a big issue. It's a big issue. It's a big issue. So, uh, ah. it's a big fat issue. Um, so we've got some things, we've got some good little like research and fun stories to share. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know if fun is the word. I I mean, look, I think living your gaudiest lifestyle also, uh, is about taking risks and those risks might cause your death. Oh, sure. That's a way of thinking about that. That's not really what I meant. I don't think that's a good thing to promote actually. Oh, dying? Yeah. Like take risks in fashion, even if it kills you. That's probably, I don't think that I is. mean, as long as it's not killing anyone else. <laughs> Just you. Uh, like right. flame retardants on your clothes. Not cool. No, you're right. But if you want to put a flame retardant on your clothes. <laughs> it is very fashionable right now. Yeah, and light yourself I heard on fire. Rihanna was wearing Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> is she just wearing full-on flame retardant clothing? Yeah, she is. And then she sets herself on fire and nothing happens. Oh. It's flame retardant. What did you think about that pizza dress? Uh, I don't remember it. From the Met, it was a big yellow dress, and then everyone put in a pizza in the oh. middle of it. Oh, um, I liked it, and also I love yellow, and also I love Rihanna wearing whatever the fuck she wants. That's true. And I love pizza. I do love pizza. That's so the I only mean, way I remember that dress now. Well, pizza's delicious. It's pizza. I love a dress that reminds me of things that I love. Yeah. And I love pizza. Mm. So there it is. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so that's our, when was that though? That wasn't even It was like year. three years ago. <laughs> so my opinion on three years ago, <laughs> Met Fashion is delicious. Look, we didn't have the podcast then. We didn't, we're just catching up. <laughs> yeah. Catching up. No, today we're going to talk about history, but we're also going to talk about shame. Okay. And I actually think these things too, these go together in ways that we wouldn't expect. Oh, how? Well, because shame guides a lot of things that we do, which is uh, of course what Gotti Positive is about breaking out of. It's all yes. about breaking out of diet shame, body shame, Yeah, you know, any other, like whatever shame you've got. We're not shameless. It. 
But we do shame less. Yes. I don't know. Is she being shameless? Is that bad? <sighs> Depends on the context. Isn't it? I guess so. Isn't it? Yeah. But I think actually it's a, this is a good place to start, right? Because, um, so I think shame is actually going to be like the topic of 2019. Okay. For, uh, in terms of like growth, right? So like yeah. Mary Lambert, who we've had on the cast and who we've talked about on the cast because we just love her so much. Yes. Um, has a new book out called Shame is an Ocean I Swim Across. Which and I bought. It's so good. And then I left it at my friend's house. No. well, But gift, I did read a lot of the poems. Gift so to your friend. Waiting to get it back. That's good. Spread the word. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a book pun, by the way. Spread the word. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like if you open the pages of a book, <laughs> you spread the word. <laughs> Sounds dirty. It is a very it good way. book, though. I really recommend people get it. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Uh, when I was in the Dominican, this is going to sound so shitty. When I was in the Dominican Republic hanging out with Mary. <laughs> you, look, in the last one, you talked about it, that I you know. went there anyways. So we I don't know. know. Well, the, last, just, the last episode before that, I talked about being in first class. Yeah, that's true. And I will never stop talking about look, it. We're very lucky to have the lives that we lead, right? <laughs> and the debt. Um, well, do you guys feel my privilege coming through your earwaves? I know. <laughs> I know. This is James Greeno, the privileged wolf man. Look, it's very privileged, and we're also both in a lot of debt. So, oh, so much debt. Secrets. So much. We'll talk about money in, a, in another episode. That's my big 2019 thing, too. Oh, I do want healthy financial. Got to manifest that money. Ugh. I don't even manifest. I just got to be health, more healthy yeah. about my financial shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did, I did the math, and uh, in my head is, um, right, if I, I usually buy a coffee every day, I'm like, oh, well, there's a mm-hmm. hundred, what is it, like a... 150 bucks a month yeah. just on coffee. Yeah. I'm going to stop doing that. 50 bucks, that's all? 150. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's 30 days. Coffees are like, if you're getting my coffees, that's like, full. anyway, math. Yeah. And then I was like, because I eat out a lot too. Mm. And on average, let's say, I just said, like, let's say I just spend $25 a day on eating out, which yeah. is actually not that much. No, but that's about right in LA. Yeah. Yeah. In LA. Totally. I mean, you can't then, even go to McDonald's anymore and not spend like 10 bucks. Yeah. So. And then so Unless you just 25 times menu. 30, Yeah, that's a lot. Was yep. like seven fifty. That's oh, a lot God, of money. That right? Isn't that weird when you add it all up? You're like, oh, she is. Yeah. So it's like I'm spending like almost $1,000 a month Yeah. for things I can do at home. Totally. You I've know? gotten personally really, I'm getting back into, I still like to eat out to rust. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying getting more creative in my kitchen again. Yeah comes and goes but oh there's an airplane by the way um you knew that you could tell people no, know i what heard it they know what airplanes sound like i actually listen to these podcasts and i don't think i ever hear the stuff that we yeah <laughs> are like could you hear that i know and everyone's like imagine what it, are they everybody? talking about picture it <laughs> it's a it's a picture like a vintage plane when you yeah that's what i've pictured i don't yeah. know we don't even see it um yeah no, I'm getting really into cooking again. I'm also getting into baking. I made a Shirley Temple cake yesterday. <gasps> Dope. It took, what is it, a Shirley Temple cake? Well, it combines two of my favorite things. Seven Up and Cherries? No, Shirley Temple's <laughs> and cake. But Shirley Temple is a, is a Seven Up and yes, Cherry. Yes, but, but more concisely. Oh, okay. Shirley Temple's and cake. Does it have Seven Up in it? Yeah. I use ginger ale. I like ginger ale better. That's so crazy when people put soda in baking. Yeah, yeah. You just do it instead of water. That's fucking weird. (laughs) No, I have like a soul food um, cookbook that has all kinds of recipes and there's a Dr. Pepper cake in it. There's a Coca-Cola cake. There is a whiskey cake. Like there's all kinds of Oh, whiskey cake sounds great. Well, see? 
Why wouldn't a Dr. Pepper cake be? Actually, Dr. Pepper cake is really good. Just is for it? the record. Yeah, I've made it. I love Dr. Pepper. Yeah. When I was um, in San Francisco uh, for one year for my ex's birthday, I made him a whiskey cake and I made him a Dr. Pepper cake. No, you're like one of those, those girlfriends. I mean, I was. Now I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the dating scene or just dead inside? Both. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm married, so. I'll say the best, I think I'm still proud of myself. The best gift I ever got a boyfriend was we went to a vintage store and he Tried on these shoes. Bless you. (laughs) Sorry. He tried on these shoes and like loved them. Hmm. And then so I secretly went the next day and bought them. That's really sweet. And then he's like, I went to go buy them and someone bought them. And I was like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) You were like, brush your shoulders off. I'm so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then for, uh, I think it was Christmas, I gave him those shoes and he was like, oh, yeah. I wish that he had been like, this is horrible, but it's just funnier if you like give it to him and he's like, oh, I didn't actually like them that much. I just thought you liked them, babe. (laughs) I was trying to buy them for you. (laughs) Yeah, because we both wear size 10 men's shoes. (laughs) I like picturing you with that. (laughs) 10 men's. cute it's cute big feet are cute so yeah so i'm excited about this episode because we're talking about stuff i love which is history yeah so um so yeah i think shame actually is a really good thing because uh for one thing i just read this article that blew my mind that's all about how the fashion industry like how there's a lot of money going around in the fashion industry, but it's not going to like makeup artists, stylists, or junior designers. Where's it going? Like, That's true. Well, it's going to the top, and then those are people who are just not paying. Like people are not getting paid for their work. So because we live in this economy of like people just wanting shit for free, well, and being it, like mm, trading, right? Yeah. So this article is really good. It's in the Guardian. It was really hard for me to read as a stylist, and also very validating because I was like, oh yeah, that's real. So like, the, there's an example of a woman who's like wearing Chanel, and she's a leading stylist um, from Italy, and she's like flying business class, but she also. Can't feed herself, can't pay rent. She's sleeping on a couch. She's like literally couch surfing and like sleeping behind a screen in people's living rooms and eating McDonald's every day because that's what she can afford. And the reason she's wearing things like Chanel and stuff is because literally people will pay her in like merch trade. So she's like never knows when her paycheck is coming. And I'm, and here's the thing is like you think like, oh wow, that's a really extreme example. And it's not. Like I have been there. My bank account has been in negative hundreds of dollars multiple times in the last two years. And yeah. I, and I don't mean multiple, like three or four. I mean like every other month. Maybe, yeah. Maybe every month. And I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I know that it's like been negative more often than it hasn't been. Oh, wow. In, ter- in the two, if I look at it on a monthly basis. Yeah. Because, because I was out hustling and hoping people would pay me on time and being a stylist bleeds money. Yes. And that's the thing is like people want you to do it for free, but they don't understand how much money it takes to do the job in the first place. Yeah. Which is why I can't accept free work. Yeah. So it is one of those jobs where no one really thinks about it. Yeah. They're just like, oh, that person's wearing cool clothes. And you're like, well, they had a stylist do it. And you're right. like, well, that seems easy. I'll do that. Yeah. They think that like you just snap your fingers and clothing appears and it's actually not. I mean, it's hours. It's backbreaking work. It's like. You're on your feet a lot. You're carrying yeah. a lot of heavy things across different places. You're driving things a lot of places. Like all of that stuff adds up. And then on top of that, you're spending hours and hours and hours looking for the right thing. Yeah. And so it's really like it's it's a lot of work and it's very underfunded. Yeah. So. Ugh. it's Dude, that's hard. And yeah. I get it with like the whole giving up so much for free because I feel like I have to 
constantly putting out so much content for free. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be doing this for free. Like I, yeah, this is my job and I, people don't get that. And they're like, well, how do you not have like a million followers or whatever? Like right. that, that American meme, oh, um, docu doc. was like real serious, but, yeah. but we're all here, uh, we're doing it, guys, and we're here to show... You know what? Don't take this as, like, a, a deterrent. Take it as, like, this is just part this of the thing. This is real life. You don't even... Re- you know what? Two of those, like, you don't even... Because you enjoy the work so much, it's not... Yeah. Like... Well, that's the problem, is it is, like, a drug. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> I love it. That was one of the things that, like, this article covers in The Guardian is, like, this whole thing about how it's really hard to leave it once you're in because there's this... A, there's this whole community that you've now built in around yeah. your fashion lifestyle, and so you kind of have to walk away from that because you're not necessarily useful to them anymore once yeah. you leave. And then the other thing about it, too, is it's this feeling like, well, if I walk away from it, it's me being honest about the fact that, like, I didn't succeed in it. It's like you have to suddenly then be honest about, like, the financial hardships and all the things that were really happening behind the scenes that were, like, covered in Chanel. Yeah. You know, well, it's like, like the driving eight hours for a $125 mm-hmm. gig and you know, not really making even your gas money back, but you're like, but I just did a half an hour in Indiana. You know, like I would drive from Massachusetts to Indiana to feature Mm -hmm. and I'd make 400 bucks that weekend, which at the time I was like, whoa, I'm making $400. But it's also like, it sucked, you know, 20 hours of driving. Right. Time, money, food, like all that shit. And you're like, (laughs) oh, I've walked away with $75. $75. Yeah, and if you looked at that, that's like a week of work practically. And yeah. like if you were at a day job and you made $75 for a week of work, you'd be like, oh shit, this job yeah. is illegal. But you love it. And you fucking love it. And I love it. And we I love know. it. And we do it because we love it. But that's also the thing, right? Is that like, it's like a drug, you know, like being in any sort of like creative endeavor. It is like yeah. a drug. And most people do not get by on it without some sort of other like creative thing or a big break or whatever. Yeah. And so people should read, uh, Sarah Benincasa's, um, book. Uh, what is it? Real you, artists have day jobs. You know, I love her. I know you do love her. We should have her on the podcast. Oh my God. I love her so much. Yeah. Guys, okay. Sarah Benincasa. She's amazing. She's um, our icon of the week. Yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't have one for last week we either. Didn't. Nah. That's all right. We were talking so, yeah. about fat phobia. Yeah. I want to talk okay. about as an icon. In Sarah, fat phobia. <laughs> Sarah, you're our icon of the week, uh, because yeah. you are a, a kick-ass artist and yeah. I know you also do, you do have a day job, which, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I said it in that way of like, I wasn't going to say what the day job is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times as comedians, if you do have a day job, we don't actually talk about our day jobs because right. we don't want to get fired from our day jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a kick-ass artist. She's an author. She is a social media maven. She's yeah. just an overall very cool, very awesome chick. And she, yeah, and I like love her. And She's also one of like the five people on Twitter that I actually pay attention to. Yeah, she's always fun on Twitter. And her she Instagram's is. great. And she actually has a new Instagram um, that I believe, let me see if I can find it. Start talking. Good. Well, <laughs> while you do that, I'm going to cough. It. I don't know why I have to cough. No, it's like, um, <laughs> angry women with, co- with long, with fashionable coats. Yes. Um, I love that whole thing. Oh my God. It's been so good. I actually don't think I realized that was her. Yeah. I think she started this. Oh, I love it. I love that. That's all right. I'll have to find um, So yeah, I'll find it. I will link to it. It's angry women in fashionable coats. Um, and it's a really great, um, just awesome, uh, little fun Instagram that you should be following. Yeah. 
And she writes great articles. And she's just, yeah, just like an overall kind of cool badass lady. I do. Love, we, everybody loves a good, cool, badass lady. Yeah. She should be our icon. And she's got great hair. Oh, she's great hair. And excellent and her style. so is good. Yeah. We'll have her on the cast. Yeah, we will. And then we'll just feed her more compliments. Yeah. So what's this other um, okay, so article that you read that I was trying to read yesterday? Yeah. I read part of it. It's hard because it's depressing. I get, it's very depressing. I got sad. I was I was uh, holed up in my apartment. Um, I just started my meds, so I was mm-hmm. kind of feeling loopy. And then I'd gotten a tattoo. I finished the coming my tattoo, which mm-hmm. also like... Made me super loopy, and I was just like watching Netflix and Norsemen. Yeah. And then also I realized what a piece of garbage I am is that I was watching Netflix, and then I also still was on my phone at the same time. That's not garbage. That's just normal. But that shouldn't be normal That's anymore. just normal. I mean, I don't moralize that shit. It's just like the way it. things are. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. But there's but nothing wrong with you doing it. I really like Norsemen. You guys should watch it. I think Vikings doing uh, funny Vikings is great. Yes, some of it is... A little questionable <laughs> as far as their jokes, but oh, so it's funny. It's funny, yeah. It's a oh. comedy. It's re- I really like it. But one thing people have to understand is that comedy is different all over the all over the world. Yes, that's true. And other cultures are going to be at different levels sure. of what they think is funny. And that's so true. There's a great I don't know. There's a great. Uh, uh, I think it was Radiolab had something about that. Yeah, How, like. Comedians in France will like come over or from other countries will come to the US and then they're like, why isn't anybody laughing at this? This kills in Paris. Yeah. 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 And it's just like people just aren't, especially for like when it comes to, you know, like gay or trans or whatever, it's a yeah. lot different. And I'm not saying that like, you know, some of this stuff was very like Monty Python level. You're totally like stuff, qualifying but- it. Yeah, because. <laughs> Just say it. Some of the stuff is homophobic and it's Some of the stuff is like, you know, it's not even homophobic. It's just like <laughs> they were like talking about like one of the main characters is obviously gay but hiding it. Oh, okay. And he's, you know, like uh, um, like uh, <laughs> I thought this was a funny joke. So the um, there's the slave Rufus okay. who's a Roman slave mm-hmm. who is an artist and is like, I am an artist and like still cannot comprehend that he's now a Viking slave. Mm-hmm. And he's very funny and like such a piece of shit. I love him. Uh-huh. And uh, they did, um, Rufus is like, I want to give you a gift before we part. And they did like the put your hands together, open them. And then you put the hands together yeah. and you open it. Uh-huh. It looks like a vagina. Right. And uh, the main character goes, oh, a rectum. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's a vagina. And he goes, Oh yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and uh, I think that's cute. It's just like little cute that's kind of funny. gay jokes like that. I but like it. I like I like those kinds of gay jokes. So I was watching it and then also trying to read this very sad article. Yeah, while that's also a, like being like in pain and out of my mind a little bit. Yeah, you. Have, that's quite a juxtaposition. Like, yeah, just started on Lexapro. Also, just got a tattoo that hurts. That hurts and like crazy. Also, watching a Norse comedy while reading a highly depressing article. Yeah, but with I'm a modern life. lady, multitasking. Hey, hey, that's just a lot to put on yourself. That's all I'm saying. You should have definitely had pie close by. I did. Oh, well, I did have pie close I'm by. I'm glad that you were there, that your pie was there for you. Um, okay, so let me get into it. So the article is from The Cut, and it's called, I'm Broke and Mostly Friendly. Mostly Friendly. <laughs> this is actually about Friendly's, the ice cream shop. I'm broke and mostly a good person. <laughs> no, it's, I'm broke and mostly friendless, and I've wasted my whole life. Like that, here's the thing, is like, that headline alone Drama. is just like, 
God. And it's an advice. It's a it's a question article. Like it's a question submitted to an advice columnist. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna just like kind of summarize what the person is saying because okay. I think it, you know I shared it on Facebook and a lot of people. I was just kind of like I didn't even say like whoa this is a where'd you find it? Uh, it's on the cut. Okay. And um, I shared it and I think I even just said like whoa this is a read like not even really like <laughs> this is a good read. It's just like. It's, I it's think a read. whoa is like a yeah. If it's whoa, period, it's bad. If it's whoa, exclamation point, it's like wow, cool. Yeah, no, this was like no. Um, so like the summation of it is basically like this person is in their thirties. They um, dated, uh, you know, they've been in some serious relationships. They were like a serial monogamist, but none of them led to really a long term relationship. And they are in a career that they don't particularly love. And they also like did this thing throughout their 20s and 30s where they were like traveling a lot and just like trying to buck the system or whatever. And now they're like, oh shit, I have no money. I'm lonely and I don't like my job and I don't know anybody because I've moved around a bunch because I was trying to be adventurous. Yeah. And I think it's like everything is a trade off, right? And so, but I reading that, like, I definitely could relate to that. I've lived in three cities four cities in the last decade and a half. Yeah. And I have a great community in the Bay Area, but I don't live there anymore. I have a good community in LA now. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. But um, it's but also... you're going to move to Vegas someday. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to have a residency there, okay? I'm sure there's a penthouse <laughs> in the Flamingo and I'm coming for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's... Whoa. Yeah. I, whoa. 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 Okay? I like snorted. It was a weird thing. I don't snort. Oh, Lupe's uh, is rubbing off on you a little bit. I just like forgot how to breathe. It was weird. <laughs> I just like ziplocked my mouth. <laughs> it was so weird. I like startled myself when I did it. I was like, "What? What's that?" I think it just means I'm, I'm dehydrated. So anyway, like I could relate to that. Um, was there anything about that that you could relate to? I saw. Th- oh, I definitely. That, like, like the travel stuff yeah. of like I'm. You know, 2018 was like a year of adventures for me of like traveling, but. I'm still lonely. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I made new friends, but I also, like, didn't make any, yeah. you know, good sexy connections or, like, whatever. Or, or I wasn't here for when I wanted to be here for friends. Like, I got invited to a lot of shit that I was, like, not around for. Yeah. You know, like, I got invited to a couple of premieres that I couldn't go to. Yeah, I know. And I remember being like, hey, do you want to go to this thing with me? And I'm sure that is really hard because it's yeah. like you you have it's that's the definition of the golden handcuffs, right? It's like, oh, I'm out doing what I love. I'm getting I'm getting paid to do comedy. But it also means that I'm not doing all the things at home that could also benefit my career. But yeah. also if I wasn't doing those things or if I wasn't doing this, I might not be getting paid. It's like this, like, yeah. you constantly have to make these decisions and you don't always know what the right one is, quote yeah. unquote. And then the question is, is there a right or wrong? Right? Well, I also think too, I guess, well, with the friends thing, I was like, I have friends everywhere and I'm pretty. Yeah. I have like a, my core group and that, and no matter, cause I still, I mean, I have friends in Boston, my main gal in Boston who I like still talk to when we've been friends, you know, forever. Yeah. So I thought there's a couple pieces of this article that I thought were like, or this, I don't know, this advice, this question that I thought was like, I, I felt like she really put into words what I think a lot of people have been feeling, but didn't know how to fully articulate, you know, or haven't known how to. So like one of the things she said is, um, I used to consider myself creative, a good writer, poetic, passionate, 
curious, now after many years of demanding yet uninspiring jobs, multiple heartbreaks, move after move, financial woes, I'm quite frankly exhausted. Yeah. And I think that that's like, there's real truth to that. And, you know, we typically when we talk about that level of tired, we, we look at it through like a familial lens. It's like, you know, people who are like trying to be parents and also work and things like that. But we yeah. don't like it, it is there are two sides of that coin, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean that people who are single, that their lives are easier. They're just different. They are dealing with a different kind of pain and a different and that pain can lead to its own kind of exhaustion. Yes. And so, you know, they said, I can barely remember to buy dish soap, let alone contemplate humanity or be inspired by Anais Nin's diaries. (laughs) Honestly, I find artists offensive. I feel like this girl's bragging. (laughs) Honestly, I find artists offensive because I'm jealous and don't understand how I landed this far away from myself. Oh, oh, you're, uh, you're offended by other people succeeding. Bitch is jealous. Jenny. No, I think that that's like real. It's super real. It's so real. I I journaled about that today in my, um, in my very (laughs) large, huge, (laughs) massive, I have the biggest journals. Okay. I have the biggest journals. They are so big. Have you seen these journals? Yeah. They're the size of your hand. Yeah. I have huge (laughs) hands. They're the size of a, of a, uh, you know. Of most notebooks. Oh my god! Hey, no, I've had no complaints about the size of my journals. Okay, except from you. Mm. Everyone else loves the size of my journals. <laughs> okay. All right, Donald Trump. Hey, look. You know what? Oh my god! It's where the words go. It's not how big the journal is. Yeah. It's how many words can you write? Yeah. I don't know. If that makes sense. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get back into this. I have a huge funny. dick. I just want to know that. <laughs> And a huge vagina. Okay. So here's the other thing they say is they're like, my apathy is coming out in weird ways. So I'm drinking too much. And when I do see my friends on occasion, I end up getting drunk and angry or sad or both and pushing them away. And with men I date, I feel pressure to make something of that relationship too soon. Move in, get married. I have to have kids in a couple of years. Fun times. All the while still trying to be the sex pot 25 year old I thought I was until what seemed like a moment ago. <laughs> I need to think I, I used to think that I was the one who had it all figured out adventurous life in the city traveling the world making memories now I feel incredibly hollow and foolish how can I make a future for myself that I can get excited about out of these wasted years oh hey. that hurts so much wasted. I don't think and this is the thing is like I what the what the um, advice columnist gets into is really like this is all about shame It's like, and they also say, what reserves or identity can I draw from when I feel like I've accrued nothing up to this point with my life choices? I want to say that, like, I have felt this way. I, I, the thing that hurt me the most about it was that, was, oh, the the line she said about, like, I'm 35 and, like, I'll never love kids, my fertility. I want to have kids, so that does worry me. Mm -hmm. If I got knocked up right now, I would keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Lupe, get to work. What? (laughs) She's gonna be like the dog in um in a uh, Peter Pan. I'm just saying, Lupe, go find Jenny a partner. <laughs> well, you should have said that what earlier because that sounded what so weird. Lupe, go find a man. Lupe, <laughs> go fuck your mom. <laughs> she already had puppies. Are you the nanny dog? She did. Yeah, I want. A she was Lupe a teen puppy. bride. Oh my god, she had, she had them early. Why didn't I have a Lupe puppy? Oh, because she was still not mine at that oh, time. A Lupe puppy. Yeah, I want a Lupe puppy. Oh, my baby. But yeah, so that that part disturbed me. 
Lupe's sad too. She wants her babies back. I always think about that. I'm like, dogs are sad. About I wonder if they did get sad, but let's not think about that. Let's think about this other sad. This is much more tangible sad. sad. So I want to share some pieces from this article, and I'm also just gonna I'm just gonna read a couple paragraphs because uh, it's just so good. So there was the this is from the advice columnist. Her name is Polly, and she says. Shame is the opposite of art. When you live inside of your shame, everything you see is inadequate and embarrassing. A lifetime of traveling and having adventures and not being tethered to long-term commitments looks empty and pathetic and foolish through the lens of shame. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. So what you're saying is it's it's, It's uh, shame. It's just shame. You haven't found a partner. Your face is aging. Your body will only grow weaker. Your mind is less elastic. Your time is running out. Shame turns every emotion into the manifestation of some personality flaw, every casual choice into a giant mistake, every small blunder into a moral failure. Shame means that you're damned and you've accomplished nothing and it's all downhill from here. Well, I agree. (laughs) I was like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's really good, right? I mean, like, it's good. It's like, oh, right, shame. So then, then it's like, well, what do you do about it, right? Because it's like, okay. I get that it's shame. I'm intelligent enough to put that together. You listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. (laughs) You make a keto Christmas tree. (laughs) No. And so, you know, it's it's basically like they give some advice of like, you've got to toss some shame aside, but they don't have great advice for how to do it. Dude, it's hard to get out of shame cycle. Well, and I think that's the thing is so what what the author then gets into is like, I find it very hard, or so that doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy for anyone, no matter how many deep roots they might have nurtured. I find it very hard, even now, to do the hard things that I need to do in order to feel good. I slip into bad habits easily without noticing, and my worldview suffers for it. I know exactly which good practices will fuel me and make me wake up to the world around me. I know that when I'm feeling ashamed and sick inside, I have to stand outside of that feeling and examine it and treat it like a fascinating artifact. Something useful, something to build from, and something to treasure even. Let me be more concrete. Treasure your shame? Well, that's the thing. Is like one of the things my therapist, I always love to, I love to quote my therapist. <laughs> She's the man. She means so much to me. She's my personal Oprah. Aww. Um, no, but one of the things that she says is that you have to treat, like if you were in a car with a crying child. Yes. You... If you just sit and ignore that crying child, that child doesn't actually ever, like, stop crying. Yeah. The whole thing about, like, self-soothing and all of that, it's not, like, entirely accurate. The best way to... And the other thing is you don't tell a crying child, like, shut up. Get over it. <laughs> you don't You don't ignore it. Baby, it's sacrifices. Are you hustling, baby? Right. Baby, what are these sacrifices <laughs> you're making? Come on, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? You're going to sit there? You know what? You ain't walking because oh you because you don't want to walk, okay? You know what? Pain <laughs> is just weakness leaving the body, baby. That is literally a quote I heard today on my mm. tapes. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Fucking tapes. Look, baby. My tapes. All right, baby. I, I had nothing, and then I got a multi-million dollar <laughs> real estate agency, baby. Yeah. Get out there and sell those houses, baby. Yeah. I mean, see, this is the thing, right? It's like you you wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, you could do that, but it doesn't work out. That's what I would tell my baby. To. Yeah, you're not allowed to have children. So, um, basically, <laughs> go all in, baby, or go home. You suck. You suck all the milk out of that tit, or you don't fucking eat. Right, that's baby. Gonna be weird for you. It's gonna be weird. 
Um, no. So that's the thing is like, if you really want to deal with the problem, you actually like try to figure out what's going on with that child. Well, you have like you carrying around shame and you having those like negative voices in your head, things that tell you that you're not good enough, the things that tell you that everybody hates you, all of that. Yeah. Those voices are you. Like we try to dissociate from them and be like, I don't know why this mean voice is in my head. And it's like, well, that mean voice is you. You need to talk to you. Like you need to sit down. And figure out why that fucking baby is crying in the car. Like, it wants something. It but needs something. why is it so mean? Why well, is it so mean? Well, that's the thing is that it's because it's survival. There's something going on that you're not dealing with. There's something going on that's hurting you. And that is what that voice is trying to tell you. It is afraid of whatever that thing is that hurts. Yeah, I mean, look, I've tried to talk to it a lot, and it just, like, it doesn't want to listen. Well, it's, it's not, just, like, it, it's so stealthy. Oh, well, that's actually it's the thing. It's super stealthy. It's no, just, like, Jenny, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the problem. What? Because you're trying to tell it instead of listening to it. You have to ask it what's going on. I know what's going on with it. Okay, but do you? Yeah, maybe it's, the, maybe it's bitching about, like, I don't, <laughs> f- I'm never going to be loved. And I'm like, you're right. going to be loved, baby. And then yeah. it's, like... Yeah, whatever. Oh, baby Jenny. And then it just goes back to like yeah, saying hateful things. Yeah. And it, it's not, it's like none of this is super easy, right? Like, and that's the whole point is that if it was super easy, it'd be like, no, just listen to your shame and talk to it. And then everything's better. It's not like that, but it, yeah. it does help. It's, that's the first step. I don't okay. know what all the steps are. I, all right. I have talk, not reached Nirvana. I'll talk to my shame. None of us have reached Nirvana. Right. I'll talk to my shame. But what, what was her like end conclusion to that? So here's, here's what I thought was really like. Uh, a really meaty part of her advice. So one of the things she says, she's she's got a book she's promoting right now. That's I think when I cut off. I was when she was yeah. like, I've been promoting my book, and I, I was like, I don't care. I, and when I first read it, I actually did too because I was like, Oh, here we go. But then I I've went been back promoting my book. Right. It's really great. You should read it. I know. I think you'd enjoy it. But the thing is, when I went back and I read it, I was like, Oh, okay. I see what she's saying. So she says promoting a book, which is what I've been doing since my new book came out last month. <laughs> she does link to it. It's fun and it's exciting. You get to travel and meet new people. But there are aspects of that that feel a little corrosive. I thought that word was like, mm, so good. Like, yeah. it's just like, that oh, is exactly the thing. Looked at you like, what? what is that noise you just made? What is that face? noise? Can I have it? Yeah. Do I eat it? Lupe's kisses. It's okay. kisses. So yeah. So, so, but yeah, I think the word corrosive is like so spot on. So she said, too much focus on the self. And on presentation, on sales numbers, on whether or not your work even matters. Right now, I'm reading the novel Less by Andrew Sean, Andrew Sean Greer. And I love the way it captures exactly how insecure writers can be and how much the world will magically transform around them in order to manifest that insecurity and then torture them with it. <laughs> right? Tell me that's not like, I was like, wow, that's fucking spot yeah. on. I've talked a lot about how, like, in various conversations with people over the years about how you get on set and you, it's, like, really, really exciting and you're doing it and it's happening. And then, like, the last day, you know, people might be really tired because yeah. you've been going for however many days. And there's, like, this little bit of sadness that's, like, oh, it's over. And now I don't I, – I maybe I don't know what's coming next. But I really, yeah. like, I'm already into this project. Why can't we just do this forever? <laughs> you know? Yeah, there is, there is definitely that feeling of, like, it's – of, like, being engaged. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's been a thing for me is, like – I've been feeling this very like, oh, what is the point? I'm feeling kind of meaningless. It's like I don't have any projects. Yeah. Specifically, especially with like a group where like I love I love going somewhere and working. Mm-hmm. Like I like being in a writer's room or yeah. on set and not having that is like 
well, I'm not getting my worth right. validated right now, and it feels really awful and gross. Yeah, it's a it's a very icky. like unstable yeah. lifestyle. And then the but then the other side of that too is that like I also have what I call like set hangover, where after I've been on set for even if it's just a day, yeah, the next day I'll feel like I won't just be like sad that it's over. I'll be like, oh, but like. What is life? Like, it's like I almost <laughs> can't even enjoy the accomplishment of no, it. No, because none of us can enjoy the accomplishment yeah. of anything. Right. Not, we're not supposed to. Like, also, there's this great quote that I loved when I was listening to this uh, podcast, and I liked Pod Save America. Mm. It's, I love them, but they can get a little too much. Sure. I'm like, well, but sure. love it says something very important of like social media has convinced us all that we can't leave the party mm-hmm. and we all want to be in the party. We want to be the center of the party yep. and it's convinced us that like we can't leave, but we can leave the party. And I feel like if you leave the party, a lot of these feelings yes. do go away because we're always kind of in that circle of like, when's the next thing? When's the next Instagrammable moment? When's the next moment I can show people that like, right. Things are great, and it's like these downtown moments of like now, or for that girl, you know, she's probably having a very downtime moment. Right, and it's not moving. She's not in a new relationship. She's not. There's nothing like pushing her to the, you know, to whatever it is, and it's in those quiet moments mm-hmm. where all the voices start up, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, and it's and it is like, you know, fucking just leave the party and be with yourself for a bit. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great way to combat all those shameful feelings. I think that is a big help. I also think that there's something to, you know, when we're kids growing up, we had to do like reading comprehension stuff. Yeah. And you had to like really think critically about the things that you read. And some people do that better than others for sure. But. <laughs> okay. Right. Sub. Ooh. Little sub tweet right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's a comment on our education system. Um, And people being dumb. But also I think. There's something to having that same sort of like critical, like social, you almost need like social media comprehension. Cause yes. it's like, I think that most of us logically know that, uh, nobody's life is perfect, but it doesn't mean that when you're exposed to their life 24 seven, that you don't feel like you don't buy into their story a little bit. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing is that makes it really hard. Like if you look at my life, like I've been in incredibly privileged in the last year. Yeah. I've gotten to visit really interesting places and work with some really amazing people. And I think like I've noticed that sometimes I have people who come out of the woodworks from like high school who are like, so it's so cool what you're doing. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I haven't talked to you in like 10 years. And now you're only interested in me because you think I hang out with celebrities and live in Hollywood. And like, that's what 10, they do. 10% of that is true, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And 90% of it is like the other reality, which is like, oh, my bank account is negative. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's – there's and and also like dealing with the, the soul-crushing realities of like the ego invested in yeah. a creative world. Well, let's do – okay, we're going to do this right yeah. now is that we are going to start off the year. Yeah. We are not going to talk about our negative bank account balances. Mm-mm. We are not going to talk about all the hardships of yeah. this. Well, we are only going to talk about all the good stuff and how we are feeling very abundant Well, see, but that's in the whatever. thing is like I think that's important to Producer do Producer Lupe, come here. Like I think it's really important to acknowledge reality and yeah. then also recre- like create a new one. And so I only talk about things from the negative ba- balance point of view because because it's there's so much facade around fashion that I think we need to be honest about it. Yeah. But I think the other side of it is like my big goal for 2019 is in figuring out how to 
create better values around what I do and and like <laughs> hi Lupe is that her bowl again yes she just ate it's I literally, literally <laughs> just fed her and she's back at her bowl <laughs> and her tongue Dang is me. all the way out oh and she's looking at me like don't you get it producer Lupe food. just wants to be full, I think she wants fulfilled. to be just held again yeah. so finish okay. your sentence so I can yeah. hold my dog yeah so you know, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Is it's about like you look at those things honestly so that then you can create better goals. Um, I want to read one more part from this and then I think we should get into some history. But the last the last thing she says is, but less, this is a book she mentioned earlier, is also a story about shame. When you carry around a suspicion that there's something sort of embarrassing or pathetic about you, you find <laughs> Lupe's noises are beautiful. Are you, are you also, her t- yes. And her tongue is out like three feet. What are you flicking? <laughs> She's just looking the air. She's so much joy. Um, okay. When you carry around a suspicion that there's something sort of embarrassing or pathetic about you, you find ways to project that shame on completely innocuous things. You find ways to tell yourself that everyone is laughing at you behind your back somewhere, possibly at a party where but they're they serving are. beautiful, tasty drinks, but you weren't invited. You're too old now. You're no longer exciting or important. You don't matter, and you never really did. My God, she get into my brain? I know. Well, that's the thing. I was like, She's saying all the things that I've been saying? And then she says, shame creates imaginary worlds inside your head. This haunted house you're creating is forged from your shame. No one else can see it, so you keep trying to describe it to them. You find ways to say, you don't want any part of this mess. I'm mediocre, aging rapidly, and poor. Do yourself a favor and leave me behind. You want to be left behind, though. That way, no one bears witness to what you've become. For me, that was like a knife in the gut. I was like, wow. Because I am totally that way, where I'm like, no, 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 don't don't come in. Don't see all this. Like, I don't want you to know. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's anyone who validates their shame. Like, a, um, you know, a lot of people in tumultuous relationships, right? Your relationships mm-hmm. are a reflection of your inside shit. Mm-hmm. Who will mm-hmm. be in these relationships... Um, where the person will treat them like shit or whatever. And it's just a reflection of like, you just feel like you deserve this. Yeah. I think not all the time, but a lot of people will go for, you know, what they think they deserve. Mm-hmm. That word deserve is heavy. Yeah. And yeah. if you feel like you deserve, like if you feel like, um, you need to be proven, you know, that, you're not worth anything by a guy who cheats on you mm-hmm. all the time or doesn't respect you or says mean things to you because at the end of the day, you're like, well, I mean, I kind of deserve to be right. treated like this because right. I am worthless. Then then there, there you go. Yeah. Well, I can't leave this on like just the shame note. I have to give something empowering from it. So I skipped ahead. Okay. This is a much bigger article. You guys should go actually read it. But, but your concept of yourself makes no sense. You got it from a rom-com. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> it's true. So much of our shit is defined by the media we so ingest. Stop ingesting shitty media. Yeah. And then I think two people, like a... Edit your feed. Edit your feed. And like, if you stop watching the news and all those like kind of like very um, news and things that are meant to elicit a lot of hmm. emotions from you... Um, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can check out. And take a news break. Yeah. News breaks, are, you're not going to Yeah, take wanna. a social media break from, you yeah. know, garbage stuff. Yeah. You can't solve all of the world's crises right now, so. Yeah. 
Age 35 is not an expiration date on your beauty or your worth. What is on your eggs, though? (laughs) It doesn't matter if every single human alive believes this. It's your job to cast this notion out forever. I'm 48 years old, and I'm determined not to tell a story about myself that started in some beauty product boardroom among unimaginative corporate marketing professionals. I fail at this quest often, but I'm still determined. I'm going to choose to embrace narratives that make me feel more alive and able to contribute whatever twisted crafts I can to this world while I can. If you want to build a life with a partner and have a more satisfying career and maybe have children, you need to treat yourself like a treasured child starting today. Aww. A treasured child? A little treasure. Aww. If you had a daughter who was 35 years old and felt like all of her traveling and moving was a giant mistake that embodied everything bad and short-sighted about her, what would you tell her? This goes back to that whole screaming child in the car, right? You'd tell her she was wrong. You'd say, your life is just beginning. Learn to treat yourself the way a loving older parent would. Tell yourself, this reckoning serves a purpose. Your travel served a purpose. Your moving served a purpose. You're sitting on a pile of gold that you earned through your own hard work. You just can't see it yet. You can't see it yet because you're blinded by your shame. Oh, I like that. I like how that ended. Yeah. There's a lot more, but I'll leave it at that. Um, I think it's really sweet. And I just like, it actually did make me feel kind of like, okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So on that note, I hope everybody, as you're thinking about your new year, um, get out of the shame. Yeah, and get, get into out of some it. fun stuff like history. History? History. Oh, what a mystery, this history. Well, this so I be. want to talk about, this is, uh, I think this is funny because like in some ways this is the opposite of shame, but it's also shame related because okay. that's how fashion exists. How is it shame it's related? Existed. It's shame related because people always want what they can't have. And yes. And this is a weird one. That is true. This is a weird one. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <laughs> The sexiness of tuberculosis between 1780 and 1850. Yes. And I think it's funny because uh, there are elements of the beauty standards from those times that, that still exist that that are rooted in tuberculosis. Oh, like pale. Yeah. Frail. Yeah. Um, I mean, if everyone is dying from it, then you're just like, but that's like, it's the heroin chic of its time. Well, that's the thing is like, we still like exalt these beauty standards. It's like, no, they were just fucking sick. Oh, okay. Go into it. Right? Okay, so this is from, um, this is a quote from the Smithsonian Magazine. And I, I gotta say, like, they write, like, like <laughs> too flowery. <laughs> I love flowery language. You're gonna it's hear me. The Smithsonian, come on, which is sadly I shut know. down right now. I know. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> between 1780 and 1850, there is an increasing aestheticization of tuberculosis that becomes entwined with feminine beauty. Ooh. Aestheticization. Aestheticization? That's a hard one. It's, that's one of those words that you say it right and it still feels wrong, right? Right. <laughs> Wait, can you say it? Say it. Aestheticization. Oh. I don't think I even said it. Yeah, right? I don't know. And Which I had to say it in a shitty British accent. Aestheticization. Now I'm Irish. Aestheticization. Oh, look at you, and you're aestheticized. Oh. So. Is that even a word? Like, I don't even think it's a word, Smithsonian. Aestheticized? All right. Okay. A considerable number of patients have, and have had for years previous to their sickness, a delicate, transparent skin, as well as fine, silky hair. 
Sparkling or dilated eyes, rosy cheeks, and red lips were also common in tuberculosis patients. Characteristics now known to be caused by frequent low-grade fever. Oh, really? So you want to get that hot heroin shake and like really <laughs> lean in? Get a fever. Oh, I love that. Get TB. Isn't that hilarious though? Because those are all things that we were like, you know, like rosy cheeks, like red lips, all those things. It's uh, tuberculosis. <laughs> Right? That to me is like, it's so, I mean, it is that whole weird thing of, you know, the same way that people love to get sick and lose weight. It is like the same, like, uh, you know, this romanticism of like frailty. Yeah. 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 It's a weird thing. Yeah. And so, but there's more on this. I thought it's, it was really interesting. It's the patriarch because they want to take care of <sighs> poor little ladies who Fuck are dying. Fuck them. Fuck them. Okay, I got more. Okay. This is funny. Um, so preventing the spread. I also think it's interesting how illness like impacts fashion too, right? Yeah. So this is also from Smithsonian. Preventing the spread of tuberculosis became the impetus for some of the first large-scale American and European public health campaigns, many of which targeted women's fashions. Doctors began to decry long trailing skirts as culprits of disease. These skirts, physicians said, were responsible for sweeping up germs on the street and bringing disease into the home. I mean, also, they'd light on fire. Oh, really? A lot of women would die because their skirts would light on fire. Oh, what? They, yeah, if you were tending, not rich ladies, okay. obviously, but the you know, if you're tending the fire, the hearths are mm. on the floor. Mm. You're cooking a soup. Your skirt catches on fire. You're Shit. dead. Burn the whole house down with your little petticoats. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. They're like, oh, we spread disease, which is universal to everybody. But if you catch on fire, that's your own problem for Right? <laughs> Maybe you should have been making a stew at <laughs> two in the morning. Oh, my God. And chimneys also killed people. So here's, this is like, I'm going to just, this is actually a description of one of the ads that they put out. Okay. <laughs> the cartoon was called The Trailing Skirt, Death Loves a Shining Mark. A Shining Mark? What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it appeared in Puck. Ma- puck magazine. Okay. Puck. Uh, like, like the little nymph? Yeah. A puck? Yeah, or a hockey puck. Yeah, I don't think that's the one. I don't oh, think that's okay. what they were thinking. So this is in 1900. So like they went on a long time, because it started in the 1700s, so it's like they went on a long time with before they were like, oh, skirts. Yeah. Um, the illustration shows a maid shaking off clouds of germs from her lady's skirt as an angelic... Germs come in clouds? Germ- clouds of germs? You ever seen a germ cloud? coming right for us yeah it looks like a fart um from her lady's skirt as angelic looking children stand in the background behind the maid looms a skeleton holding a sith a symbol <laughs> of death corsets too came under attack as they were believed to exacerbate tuberculosis by limiting the movement of the lungs and circulation of the blood well actually i will say this of course that's did kill you yeah well yeah so like of course that the way i mean obviously we, so we see all the um all the illustrations of the damage it would do to your ribs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, of course, it's too tight, break a rib, mm-hmm. hits, punctures your lungs, you bleed to death. Right. Um, so women would bleed to death, they would suffocate. Um, if you were going up and down the stairs a lot with your corset, uh-huh. you would just suffocate. Well, I mean, yeah, but but have you seen how snatched that waist is? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. We could put like a little uh, champagne... Uh, charm on there oh <laughs> those little yeah. charms they put just on your put glasses around, yeah just put around yes. yeah 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 no no it's 
not a good idea. I mean, I think the thing about corsets too is like I, I know people who wear corsets now and they love them and that's great for them. But, uh, you know, making it a choice that it's everybody feels It's a fetish now. That's yeah. a fetishized thing. Yeah. Back then it was like, you know, children wear corsets. Right. Because they were like, your body's too weak to hold you up. Right. The difference in like beauty standards then versus beauty choices now <laughs> yes. is like important, right? Yeah. Uh, corsets came under attack. Um, and so health corsets were made with elastic fabric where they were introduced as a way to alleviate pressure on the ribs caused by the heavily boned corsets of the Victorian era. So then it had health corsets. So that's, yeah, you know, that's better. And then I think you know, eventually like then it was a diet girdle. tea or something. Right. Then it was girdles and now we're at Spanx. Yes. Right. I saw I think I own a girdle. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I think I have like a 1950s era girdle. Well, so it's like historic. Yeah. Okay. The other thing was that facial hair was another thing they were worried about carrying um, bacteria and germs. Oh, I'm sure it's, yeah. Have you smelled a guy's beard? It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've definitely seen like they snacks in there. all smell like milk. <laughs> I all smell like milk. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, this is funny though. So this is a quote, um, and, oh, this is also from the Smithsonian thing. This is funny. There is no way of computing the number of bacteria and noxious germs that may lurk in the Amazonian jungles of a well-whiskered face. But their <laughs> Amazonian <laughs> jungles? What? <laughs> uh, but their numbers must be legion. Edwin F. Bowers, an American doctor known for pioneering reflexology, wrote in a 1916 issue of Apparently McClure's Apparently there is Mag. poop and beards. Well, because there's fecal matter yeah, in, in the, the air. In there, yeah. Makes Whatever. Sense. Well, then I guess that would mean it's in our hair too. I don't want to think about it. There's so. poop everywhere. <laughs> Here's the next quote. Measles, scarlet fever, diphtheria, tuberculosis, whooping cough, common and uncommon colds, and a host of other infectious diseases can be, and undoubtedly are. <laughs> Sexy. Transmitted via the whisker root. What? <laughs> Is that like the silk road? <laughs> Isn't that great? The whisker root. The whisker root. It's so good. (laughs) I love it. So, you know, shaving's an ocean I swim across to get into your filthy Amazonian beard. (laughs) I think the next time I go with a guy, I'm going to be like, oh, the Amazonian jungle that is your beard. Come. (laughs) If you don't say whiskers, are you Take my pussy on the whisker route. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> so I mean, Wait. that to me is so is very interesting of like these yeah. beauty standards of dying. I know, but I guess it's the same thing with like the heroin chic that was very popular, mm-hmm. like that heroin chic. I mean, like even people find you know anorexic bodies very attractive, and it's mm-hmm. like an eating disorder kind of mm-hmm. look. It's just I don't know. People like when women are dying. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was like a whole thing. So when I read up on this, um, she looks like she's dying. I'm yeah, gonna put, I want to put it in her. Well, that was the thing. Is it became? Then she can't fight me. And then she can't. Well, yeah, we, the weaker sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I found in my research on this was really that was fascinating, and also of course very sad was the fact that like there were women who would like try to get tuberculosis, like they knew 
that that's what it was. And they were like, that's so hot. I want to be that. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Like, I, and it's, it's weird like because getting like, a tapeworm, right? Like there's so many things that we look at from past history and we're like, that's stupid. And then we're like, no, please put botulism in my face. Yes. You which know? I'm probably going to be doing. <laughs> so right. you mean, know what? You know, but that's the thing is like, is yeah. it actually that crazy when we look at like what beauty standards are? I also, there's another article that just came out. Um, it might also be from the cut. That is all about how Instagrammers all look alike. They really do. And I never, I never thought about it until I read that headline alone. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like there's become these beauty standards that have been perpetuated, particularly through Instagram. Yeah. Of like They're very like manicured faces. Yeah. You don't even have to like you shiny can cheekbones. It. Why are your cheekbones so shiny? <laughs> shiny but not oily. Yeah, like glittery. I don't. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And just like these. Some of these Instagram models, like, make their faces look so not like a face. Highly just like contoured. A highly contoured clown makeup. It's yeah. like, it's ridiculous. And I, the thing is, like, I'm really fascinated by the art of it, and I think it's really beautiful. Um, but I also can see, like, as soon as I read the headline of that article, I didn't even have to read it. I could picture exactly yeah. what they meant. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So it's like the strong brow, the highly contoured cheekbones, the big lip, like the Kylie lips. Yeah. You know? and it's Always so, in a pucker. Right. Exactly. Which I thought would be, be done with by now, but no. No. Well, it, technically it kind of is because Kylie decided to get her lip injections out. How do you get them out? I don't know. I don't really know how that works. But Is she really now you gotta look at her. Look at they're her just not as face. big as before, from what I can tell. Oh. But you know, this is the thing that's really interesting about it is like it is true that there is sort of like this one ideal that a lot of people are chasing, and and you can put that look on lots of different kinds of faces, and if you just contour it right, you get the same result. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like you do it's the eyeliner so the true. same way, you get the same result. I was thinking so. about so when you were came came to the table with this um, sickness fashion mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. it reminded me of a lot of fashion that would kill you. Yeah, um, one of my favorites is the arsenic green that was very yes. popular in the Victorian era, and it was it's actually very pretty green mm-hmm. if you look at it. And there's a great book about um, all the wallpapers. So first was like a wallpaper color, oh. um, and. Um, I should have done more research, but it was a wallpaper, right? <laughs> and this p- specific green was made of arsenic. And mm-hmm. if arsenic is, you know, in inert, that's mm-hmm. the word I'm thinking of where it's not moving. Uh, sure. Oh, God. Nice. Now I feel like an asshole. It is. No, you're right. So and then it's fine, right? Same with like um, asbestos. Mm-hmm. Like everything in my house probably has asbestos <laughs> in it. Yeah, my it's house, an old is, house is 100 years old. It probably has asbestos in it. Tons. Too. Like the tile has asbestos in it. <laughs> it it's true. Yes, they put t- they put asbestos in really? tile. That's Yeah. Damn it. Why'd they put it in everything? Yeah, in the seven, in the 60s, 50s. Whew, it's weird too because we everywhere. think it's not that long Which ago. Which also, asbestos was first discovered to be toxic by a female toxicologist who in the 20s who was like, oh, shit. who was like, yo, this stuff's killing everyone. They were like, shut up, bitch, whatever. We hope you get tuberculosis. Yeah, she probably did from the asbestos. Wait, um, no, mesothelioma. mesothelioma. Yeah, I so love, I, hate, I, lo- I hate it, but I love to say it. So yeah, so like a lot of, um, so she was like the first kind of whistleblower on asbestos, and no one listened to her. Oh my god, because that's the way it is. You see, patriarchy. This is what happens. Yes, listen to women. So you don't get asbestos poisoning. Now we gotta watch all those infomercials about mesothelioma oh. for the rest of our lives. Because you people. wouldn't listen to women. It is sad, actually. It's very sad. 
Very sad. Anyway, continue. Okay, so back to a different kind of death. Yeah. Death by fashion. So it was this green. But then what was happening is um, you put this green in wallpaper in very wet areas like England, mm-hmm. and it's going to powder. It's going to turn into a powder. Mm. So it gets wet, and then it dries, and oh. it gets in the air. So people inhale it. Shit. Um, so they deaths from this happening. Then this green went into clothing dye. Mm. And it was a very popular color for women's dresses, like fancy lady dresses. Mm-hmm. So women would wear these dresses and they would sweat. Mm. So you would sweat oh, no. and the dye would then go into yeah. your body. You're absorbing it. You're absorbing it. And then you would die that way. So this wow. was going on for like... A and good 30, 40 years of people dying from this aspect, from this uh, arsenic green. Arsenic green, but no one, they're just like, ah, whatever. And like, how quickly do the, can you, do you know, like, do they have estimates on like how much, how often did you have to like wear this arsenic green before it was like, you're done? I don't know how long, but like enough to where people were dying. I mean, yeah. You were dying from yeah. this arsenic green. And like, and it's, at the time, another great documentary, it's like the, um, was it the toxicologist handbook or something? Ooh. I forget. Um, I made a boy watch it with me and then we had sex. Um, <laughs> after I'd already watched it, I loved it that much. But it was basically <laughs> about the history of toxicology. And it's not until like the 1900s people know about signs of poisoning mm. of some kind. So like people could be dying from arsenic poisoning, which has a very distinct, like what happens to your body. I mm. think you get... um you may get like blue lip. Then cyanide is blue lips. Your lips oh. turn blue, and you get like rosier, like yeah. different things. So at the time, like they didn't know, like you could poison someone mm-hmm. in the eighteen hundreds, and people would be like, "Oh no, looks like the Lord, yeah, <laughs> decided it was your time. It was your time." Um, How also, many too, do you think we're just murdered. Hundreds, thousands, <laughs> but like they were just because like, cologne oh. also had arsenic, had a uh, um, oh, arsenic wow. in it. Oh man! So you could just you know you don't you like could your just husband spray it on you. Yeah, you people. It was in your face wow. powder. Wow! To lighten you up, you would use oh arsenic face powder. Oh my! It was God. in everything. Yeah, it killed you. So what happened is so this is going for years. Nothing's happening. Queen Elizabeth um, gets wallpaper in one of the um, or Queen Victoria. Sorry, Queen mm. Victoria gets wallpapered with this arsenic green in one of the apartments of her mm-hmm. palace. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the um what's ambassador of like Belgium or Bolivia or something stayed the night there uh-huh. and died. Oh shit. And that's so when like they banned one it. Night? Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. Then then they were like, oh how many people someone do you think important died? died. Jesus. Probably hundreds. And well, probably more than that, right? Like how many think people you think about how many people that would have touched, like the people making the wallpaper, oh, the people yeah. hanging the wallpaper. How did they like not figure it out? They're like, I don't know, our employees keep dying. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> Must be tuberculosis. Like what did you know what I mean? I think that's what I, and then at the same time, I also have to keep in mind that there were like lots of things that could kill people. Back then. I mean, there's this great you can watch it just on um uh, what's it called on YouTube? It's just mm-hmm. like um hidden deaths, um of the whatever century, mm-hmm. and it was this British TV show, and it just literally told you of every era what could kill you. Oh, like in the Tudor area. I love it. Like um yes, yeah, so they just go through like Victorian era what could kill you. The thing about that amazed me too about the same show is electricity. When it first showed up, you had like one wire in your house, and you plugged everything into that one <laughs> wire, and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't covered. 
Oh, wow. Just this random old wire. So you just would like die in electric cube. Like people Gone. just died all. It's so funny. That it's not funny, funny, but it's just like. Progress. Yeah. It's just like everyone dies. And how like all this stuff that we're like, this is how you do it. It's like. Yeah. No, that's just how everyone dies. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. That's like fascinating. Well, and I remember reading there's like the Mercury Girls, the women who. The Radon Girls. Radon. Is that what it was? They were making watches. Yeah. And the watch faces had, so it was radon. Is it radon? I thought it was mercury. It doesn't No, no, it was. Um... That makes sense. It was radon and radon glows, right? Yeah. So they were putting it on, the, they were painting it on the faces of watches. Radium. Then, Sorry, radium oh, girls. Oh, radium. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So radium, yeah, they were uh, painting the faces and then dying. Yeah. Like, but like slowly. Yep, like they would all get, they all died of cancer. They had like crazy like tumors in their mouths and in mm. their chins and like throat cancer. Yeah, they all died. Awful. And these companies would take any, yeah, anything. They're just like, oh, well, oops. Oh, well. I mean, hey guys, you want to like really see how unions have helped? Right. No kidding. <laughs> Fucking triangle shirt factory shit. No shit. No shit. The um raid Raiden girls raid radium radium girls. Radium Unions radium stop girl. that shit from happening, That's okay? True. That is true. Unions would stop un- a union would be like, "Hey triangle shirt factory, you don't have any exits and you're locking the girls in. That's real weird." Yeah. Yeah. How about don't do that? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Well, this is like super fascinating stuff, I think. I yeah, I I want more time to talk about the history of how fashion is kill, yeah. kills people. I know. Again, triangle shirt factory. That's a That's it. Fashion well, that's a classic. Well, in like 2 years, well, no, not 2 years ago. I think it's 6 it'll be 6 years ago this year, I believe, is the anniversary of the Rana Plaza factory collapse. <gasps> oh so yeah. Over 2,000 people died. And Ooh. the brands that were associated with that were like Zara, Walmart, like lots of, lots, yeah. And it's been really interesting because the responses from people, I'll get the list of the brands because now I'm sort of blanking. It's like as soon as I have to think about it, I can't remember it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, a lot of the brands pretty much like because legally it's better for them to not take responsibility. They were kind of just like, oh, we didn't know. And it's like, yeah. oh, but you know, and so that's sort of the next step is that like brands need to know. Yeah. Like oh, they brands should be held. know. And that's the thing is like, they don't, they don't necessarily know, but it's because they don't care. I know. I think they all know. I think they all fucking know. I think and they, they just, assume. Yeah. But they like don't care. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so maybe the next time we'll talk about the true cost. And, uh, I'd love to talk about the true cost of fashion. Yeah. I know it's not gaudy positive per se, but it is gaudy positive to know it's good to where know. your shit comes from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Free yourself from the shame of unethical fashion. Yeah. I will say I'm pretty proud of myself. I haven't bought anything from H&M or Forever 21 in a very long time. That's great. Yeah. Forever 21 is the devil. Yeah. Sometimes though, when you're on the road, and I know, it's the only and that's thing. the thing. Sometimes you're just like, look, I've run into that too, where I was going somewhere really cold, and I was like, well, I can't get an ethical jacket here immediately, yeah. so I'm going to Target. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. Nobody is perfect. And I it, do love Target, but I think that's the thing, right? Is like it shouldn't have to be on the the onus actually shouldn't have to be on the consumer that like we purchase things from ethical companies like yeah. all there's no reason why all companies shouldn't be ethical yeah and that's the thing is it's like wait why is it okay for the like why is it essential for this company to have slaves like yeah. literal slaves 
Yeah. You know. That slavery is real. And like, <sighs> you know, talking to people, you know, like my dad, I'm sure your parents too, like you try to talk to them about this stuff and they're just like, it's not a part of my life. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. Like, oh, I have to put food on the table. Oh, I talk to people that way about that. Yeah, it was just like, what, like you can sacrifice a little bit of something. Yeah. For buying something that is ethical. And you know what? I will say, like, for your first step is made is made in America. Then let that be the first step to like oh, on wish. your route. That was my first step, and then I learned a lot about made in America. Let but me sometimes just tell it'll you, be a good slavery. Okay. Oh no, it's oh, it so happens. bad. Slavery is oh, here too. So bad. Okay. Really bad. Like we'll get into that. On, on like the American next one. Apparel bad. No, American Apparel actually, at least in terms of how they treated their employees, was really good. The like in their factory employees. Yeah. Um. And that's what makes American Apparel so frustrating. But uh, do no. they exist anymore? Yes, but they're owned by um, Gildan, so it's a whole thing. Jesus, okay. I can give you background <laughs> about American Apparel and all of that in the next episode too. Okay. I mean, it's like the the truth is in the U.S. I, I used to be like I actually did like a whole year where I was like I'm only buying things made in the U.S. You yeah. Know, I want to know where it comes from. Da 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 da. And then I started doing research and I was like. Fuck. Now, is it made in the U.S. or like, because now they can get around that shit with like assembled in the U.S. They've always been able to get away with that. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem. But the bigger problem is actually that like right here, right now in L.A. in our backyard, we have people who are working for like $6 an hour and working Ooh. six, seven days a week for 12 to 15 hour days no. in no air conditioning. Where? And they have, oh, all over. All over i can share statistics i've got All right. lots of this lots is our this. next po- our next yeah. episode yeah. guys look it's been we've got a couple of heavy episodes coming but they're gonna be good you're but they're good you're gonna learn illuminated yeah this is about being gaudy positive in life and you can't be gaudy positive with your eyes closed you gotta know just what's buy in just your go to goodwill account. just go to goodwill and buy used <laughs> clothing it's a good start yeah that's great well, start until we talk about goodwill, but that'll be another story. God damn it, Kat! <laughs> what are you doing? I know. Stop. Well, listen. If you once you know what it is, and you and you like value village, you're looking at yeah, Saint don't, Saint. Um, I don't know. Don't do it. Just don't. They're do all rag. Don't, don't go. Don't they the just like big rag? Don't go through this list. I don't want to do it. But don't like, they do like they got like big rag places? Rag stacks. Rag stacks. That's true. That's partly true. There was but. a store in Minnesota called Rag Stack. No. But no, we can get into all that and talk about... I, I never want it to be like, oh, let me tell you how everything's fucked up and then leave you. We'll talk about the good sides. Okay, talk about sides. how we can change some of this stuff, too. Yeah, we got to have a good takeaway. Exactly it. We got to feel like there's totally things that we can do, and that's my other big focus okay. for 2019. All right, so guys, we got some good episodes coming up. We'll yeah. catch you guys. I burped. I feel it. You know that burp's like in your throat? Oh, I hate and you're it. like, I can't let it out. Um, we Ooh. got a lot of good shit coming up, so stay tuned. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to start doing this, too. Is If you were listening, you made it to an hour and ten. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but you need to go rate. You need to subscribe. Yep. Tell your friends to rate and subscribe. Please. Please do. We need to get them, them numbers up. Yep. Tell your friends about it. Maybe you know people in your life who need more gaudy positivity yeah. in their lives. Let them know about us. We'd love uh, to hear your feedback, too. Maybe you're just like... Uh, you ladies talk too much, and then I'd be like, "Oh, go fuck yourself." But um, you know, we're all we're all friends here. You can reach me on Instagram at Jenny Zagrino, and I'm at Style Ethic. Please rate, review, subscribe, and give us a hug. Yeah, and share. Love you. Bye. Bye.